welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple dissect horror movies thematically by month. My name is Cindy. I'm Josh. Yay. This month we're watching Detective Mystery Horror. We <laughs> it's got to uh, be a better title for that. There, well, it, we'll get there. Probably by the end of the month we'll have something better to call it. We started the month. Investigative Horror. Yeah. There, figured it out. Investigative Horror. I like that. We started the month with uh, Sleepy Hollow, the 1999 version. And we are now going to do the Wicker Man, not the 90s version. Yes, we are time traveling back to 1973. Okay. For the Wicker Man. Okay. Um, neither of us were alive in 1973. Um, but apparently that was a fucking crazy year. 1973 was the year my sister was born, if that counts. Well, there you go. Anything. Um, it doesn't. It's, it's <laughs> no, no. Okay. Um, that was also the year that Nixon began his second term. Ah, yeah, that'll end well. Yeah. Uh, more on that in a minute. <laughs> George Foreman beat Joe Frazier for the world title. The Vietnam War ended. Uh, the Godfather won Best Picture from the previous year of 1972. Um, the first cellular phone call was made. Oh, the probably one of those phone big call was made. briefcase things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Watergate scandal occurred. Okay. The Chilean coup sadly occurred. Yeah. And Nixon resigned and was replaced by Ford. The only president to never be elected. That's correct. There you go. Uh, people that were born that year are Tori Spelling, Juliette Lewis, Patrick Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. Okay. Both of the Conjuring franchise. Oh. So there you go. They were born like a month apart. People that we lost that year were Lyndon Johnson. Okay. Uh, arguably our president with the biggest day. I'm about to say the largest crotch. <laughs> Pearl S. Buck. Noel Coward, Picasso, and Bruce Lee. Oh. All artists in their own way. Yeah. Uh, And just in case you're wondering, at home audience, Mm -hmm. other movies that came out in 1973 were The Exorcist, Don't Look Now, The Sting, Soylent Green, Robin Hood, The Disney Robin Hood. Oh, I love that one. Uh, Enter the Dragon, The Last Detail, with Jack Nicholson directed Mm -hmm. by Hollywood. We like that movie. Serpico, Paper Moon, and A Long Goodbye. Okay, so... Pretty good movies came out that year. It's a good year for movies. Yeah. And we now have The Wicker Man. Uh, the Wicker Man. So, technically, mm-hmm. The Wicker Man was released in the United Kingdom where it was shot on December 6, 1973. It didn't actually make its U.S. debut until August 7th of 1974. Okay. But we're going with the British release because that is technically its big release. It's the same cut, same edit, everything? No, there's a lot of cuts to this movie. Okay. There's three cuts. And um, basically, it's 85 minutes. Okay. 94 minutes and 100 love minutes. That. Oh, I love that. So we're going to split the difference and, and do, do the... the director's preferred version, which is the final cut. Okay. Which is the 94-minute cut. Done. I can so do that. The longest, the OG director's cut, is like 100 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's like him being like, this is the longest this movie will be. Okay. Take that. Other <laughs> movies. <laughs> okay. That come out now that are like a horror movie that's like, I you don't need a three hour run time. Don't need it. You don't need it. I Tell mean, a good story some in less of you than do. an hour and a half. Not every movie does. Right. I live in an age where like superhero movies are three fucking hours long. Too, too long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this movie is rated R. 
Like I said, the version we're watching is 94 minutes long. It's directed by Robin Hardy, who this was his first movie. He ended up doing the. Oh, really? uh, yeah, he ended up doing another movie in 86. And then he did kind of a remake of this movie with The Wicker Tree in 2011. He was basically a director of commercials. And he owned a company that made a lot of historical dramas in England. But he really only directed like three movies. And this, this is, is one really the only this one. This is the that only first about. one. It's this really weird thing where it's like, hey, I made a masterpiece. No one cared. Okay, I'm going to go make commercials now. Okay. Um, yeah. And then it was written, more importantly, by Anthony Schaffer. Schaffer uh, or Schaefer? Schaffer. Uh, Schaffer. S-H-A-F-F-E-R. Okay. He oh, was it. the guy who wrote Hitchcock's Frenzy, which is the last great Hitchcock film in 1972. Okay. Uh, he wrote before this one. the play and the movie mm-hmm. for Sleuth, which also was 1972. Then he did The Wicker Man. Then he did basically a total uncredited rewrite of Murder on the Orient Express. Like the 75, I think it was 75, mm-hmm. Murder on the Orient Express. Okay, yeah. And then wrote Death on the Nile. Oh. So, yeah. Worked a lot more than Robin Hardy did. Um, but let's talk about the cast. Let's talk about the cast. We know Christopher Lee is in it. Yeah. That's the connection to the last one. He's not. Uh, The lead is actually Edward Woodward. Okay. I don't Um, know that name. He plays Sergeant Howie. Okay. He was the star, if you are old enough to remember the 80s. I am. He was the star of the TV show The Equalizer. I don't remember that show very well. Uh, but he's in Hot Fuzz. Okay. All right. I'll be a face I remember that. He's the head of um, the Neighborhood Watch Association or whatever it is. The NWA. Oh, I don't I wouldn't remember. <laughs> he's, yeah. Uh, and then the other headlining name is, is Christopher Lee, even though he's not in this movie a whole lot. Uh, he's Lord Summer Isle. All right. You know him from Dracula. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars 2 and 3, Deathline, Horror Express, and Sleepy Hollow from last week. Okay. He's Christopher Lee. He's Christopher Lee. You know him from accurately describing what it's like to stab a man in the back to Peter Jackson. You know him from being the man who his cousin, who Ian Fleming, who wrote the James Bond novels, based James Bond off of. It's the popular belief, yes. He is Christopher Lee. Um... We all love him very much. We do. Uh, the other two cast members we're going to bring up are Britt Eklund, who is a Swedish actor who plays Willow. She was a machine, uh, machine gun McCain. Get Carter, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal okay. British movie. Uh, Asylum, The Man with the Golden Gun, speaking of James Bond, and The Monster Club. Okay. Um, she is dubbed in this movie by an actress named Annie Ross because... Because Brit Eklund has a very Swedish accent. Oh, gotcha. And they were like, oh, can't have that. Nope. Uh, and then there's Ingrid Pitt, who plays a librarian. She's in The Vampire Lovers, Countess Dracula, and Where Eagles Dare. Where Eagles Dare. I'm guessing you've never heard of Where no, Eagles Dare. I have not. Where Eagles Dare, we, I was just knocking long movies. This okay. Movie's like two and a half hours long. It is a movie where it's one of those like 60s like adventure movies. Mm-hmm. Where there's like a Nazi stronghold in the mountains. Right. And Richard Burton and a young Clint Eastwood go in. Richard Burton of like Elizabeth Taylor? Murder all the Nazis. There's a scene where Clint Eastwood, who is dressed like a Nazi so he can infiltrate, has two machine guns and is just killing Nazis with them. Fabulous. Because. Why not? 
Anytime you can kill Nazis. You should. I'm on board. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I will go out on a limb mm-hmm. uh, and say this podcast, not not pro-fascism. Actually, pretty anti Pretty anti-fascism. So yeah. there you go. We're pretty open about that. Uh, not a not a quiet secret. Yeah. The one thing I would like to bring up before we talk about this movie and is... guess what it's about <laughs> is the fact that Christopher Lee actually believed in this movie so much. Um, and like the fact that he got to play... For a minute, I thought you were going to say like that it was true. No. I was like, wait, yeah, He's what? like, it's all real. Uh, <laughs> Christopher Lee believed in this movie so much. And he also... Love the idea of he got to play against type. He wasn't like a brooding monster in this movie. That when it went on press tour, he went and paid for his own like press tour. Oh, like, like on he, accommodations and he stuff. He was like, no, 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 I got this. Because they're like, we don't, I don't know if we can pay for you to go to all these stops. And he wanted to go to be like, to promote you the need movie. to see this movie. Because he wanted to make more movies like this. It did not work. No. <laughs> this movie was not a huge hit. Um, was it like a? Well, never mind. We'll talk about that yeah. at the end. Okay, not, not not what it, not what you think it would be. Kind of a kind of a well, I think kind of a bummer, barely. But hmm. Okay. Well, this is the part of the uh, podcast where Josh shows me an original movie poster, and I tell you what I think the plot is going to be based on that poster for Wicker Man. Well, I mean, I kind of know what Wicker Man is because of. You know, the obsession that we all have with Nicolas Cage and the movies that he created. So I don't know the ins and outs. I know that this is based on the nor like the Scandinavian um, where like, you know, you burn an effigy of something in springtime and there's somebody who's allergic to bees. Is that in this one as well? No. Okay. Okay, so I, I know it has something to do with that. I imagine it's kind of like mid-Salmar in that it's um, creepy and weird more so than scary and frightening. What if I told you? Yes. This is the only clue I'm going to give you. Okay. This movie, you could make an argument that this is f- close enough that you could call it a horror musical. Oh, like I hope there's a lot there's of There's a fair amount of musical interludes in this I movie. I want there to be a lot of ABBA. And there's one song in particular that Super is going to be stuck in your fucking head after this movie's over. All right. Because every time I watch it, I'm like, God damn, that song's in my fucking head again. Other than, um, is this just an easily available movie? I mean, you're going to have to run it on Prime. Okay. Um, I had a, like, Shout Factory Blu-ray. Braggadocious um, alert. Oh, no, it's about to get even more braggadocious. And then... For my birthday, um, you, as a shell for your children. The children purchased you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sure did. They sure the did. The same way that I take them to buy things for Mother's Day when their father forgets to do that. And anyway. I pay for them, and then they claim credit for it. Right. <laughs> same same thing for Josh's Christmas present. Uh, or it, no, birthday present. It was the, oh, I forget the com- imprint in Australia. They did a three- disc giant wicker man box set um, and it's got all three cuts so that's, that's what, what we'll, be watching. we'll be watching alert. the final cut is the same thing that shout factories released if you want to get that i think it's like a 14 dollar blu-ray it's worth it you can also rent it for like three bucks also worth it um nice. you probably can just watch it on fucking youtube 
Honestly, um, yeah. Most things you can these days. I will say this. What? This is a movie, and I don't normally say this. Avoid spoilers. Like, if, if you're like, oh, they're watching The Wicker Man. And, like, you're a person who looks things up before you, like, maybe just go into this one as blind as possible because you'll enjoy it more. Okay. So, there you go. All right. I'm pretty blind then. All right. So. Uh, I am too when I take off my glasses. <laughs> Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Bees. Welcome, fool. I believe in the life eternal. As promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ! Sergeant Howie, West Highland Police. I am here to investigate the disappearance of Rowan Morrison. If she existed, we would know. You suspect foul play? I suspect murder. Have you any Sergeant, if I were you, I would go back to the mainland. You wouldn't be around here on Hail the Queen of the Bay! Pagan! Where is Rowan Morrison? Come. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Jesus Christ! You simply never understand the true nature of sacrifice. Hey, we just finished watching the original Wicker Man with a very young, well, not even very young, but very young for us, Christopher Lee. What was everyone's takeaway? Does everybody really love Scandinavian uh, folk music now? Or maybe Welsh? Or whatever that was supposed to have been? I enjoy the fact that like 10 minutes into this movie, you're like, so this movie's going to be a John Denver album? It's like, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it it I mean, was. It was just like mountains and blonde people singing. So I go, yeah, it's about 70s Yacht Rock. 70s Yacht Rock? Yeah. A lot of like foreigner blasting in the background. It was uh it's 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 very it's a folk movie with a lot of like folk horror. It's the folk horror movie. Um, it kind of sets the stage for like almost the entire genre mm-hmm. of folk horror. And then there's a lot of like folk singing. A lot. They took a lot of like songs written in the 1700s, and they're like, let's just write music and make these bitches into songs. Um, it was a lot. I know you said this was as close to a musical as, you know, we would get, and you were not lying. Just like, a lot of song, a lot of naked singing. You forget how much singing and music is in this movie. You also forget how much nudity is in this movie until you go back and watch it again, and you're like, oh, yeah. This is an aggressive amount of singing, and there's a lot of naked people in this movie, which is surprising, especially from a British film. Like, historically, British films are a little more restrained with nudity. Yeah, and not this one. But it is what it is. All right, let's let's get the the must-have-yous out of the way. Must-have-you what? Plot. Uh, This is a story about a police officer who is called to investigate a missing child on a pagan island 
And it turns out he's the victim, not the perpetrator, or not the investigator. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty succinct. This movie's pretty one note. <laughs> There's not a lot of depth and meaning. It's it's interesting. It has a very cool twist, but yeah. Um, IMDb has a Puritan police off. Uh, Puritan police sergeant arrives in a Scottish island village to search for a missing girl, who the pagans uh, pagan locals claim never existed. And then you know, and then uh, twists and turns. Twists. There's really only one big twist. Like the whole movie is. This super religious police officer who represents law and order coming to this little quaint island, which is very pagan, and searching for a missing girl who he thinks is dead. And then we keep having misdirection with that. Like, first, no one's seen her. And then, oh, my God, she's actually, like, dead, but she's been transmuted into a... A a March hair nod. Yeah, be careful. All these things. And then it just turns out that... Everything, including, like, Britt Eklund trying to, like, fuck him, <laughs> um, was designed to test him. Yes. To, like, oh, you're a virgin. He's the sacrifice. Right. Like, he comes to the island and eventually starts thinking that Rowan, I'm sorry. He uh, came Rowan of his Morrison, own accord. Rowan Morrison. <laughs> he came of his own accord. He is a virgin. He's a virgin. He's a hero. He, you know, he, he fit all the. You know what my favorite line in this whole movie is watching What's about? that? Um, a little bit for the the oratory later, but the scene where there he sees the wicker man and he's like freaking out because he knows what's gonna happen, and he's like, you know, oh, I believe in reincarnation or not reincarnation. I believe in like the life eternal in Jesus Christ. <laughs> he just kept, you know was doing that prayer, <laughs> and Christopher Lee's like, then we give you something rare these days, a, a martyr's martyr death. death. Yeah, a martyr like, death. Oh shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So um, this movie literally ends with Sergeant Howie getting burned alive inside a giant wicker man with a bunch of animals. And then the wicker man's head caves and then the sun's there and the movie ends. Yep. That's, that's the it. twist. Uh, it's it, There's only one real twist in this movie, but boy howdy is it a hell of a twist. Um, my only concern is this. This is a movie that really you only get as much mileage out of it as you are surprised by it. Yeah. If you already know the twist, it, it's just silly. Right. So like going in knowing like, Oh, I know what's going to happen. I, all I knew was I knew that he would end up in the, in, in the wicker man because Hey, it's a wicker man, but you know, the, <laughs> the Nicholas Cage version of this has been parodied quite a bit. So like I knew Please. kind of what, to expect so it was like okay at some point they trick him to get in there but i didn't know how they did so that was kind of the the fun part to watch yeah i think the first time i saw this movie i saw it totally blind and i was like well this movie is weird and it's <laughs> not very scary and there's just a lot of like naked people and okay and then the ending happened and i was like huh, huh. okay wasn't expecting that this was before like i think this Back in, like, when I was in high school and they came out with that Wicker Man, like, box set that was made out of wood. And I, I bought it on a lark because someone had said, like, it's one of the greatest horror films you've never seen. And so you and saw it. And I bought it because back then you couldn't, like, just go rent it or stream it online. Right. So I bought it and then I watched it and I was like, huh, well, that was different. And then the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. Would you agree it was one of the best horror movies you had never seen? I mean... I think this movie is foundational horror. 
like you said, for folklore and things like that. I think this movie is incredibly important in the, like, pantheon of horror movies, especially European horror movies. I do not think this movie is scary. Even when I was younger and saw it for the first time, I didn't think it was, like, oh, it didn't give me nightmares. I wasn't, like, oh, I wasn't blown away by it. It's not a movie that I want to go back to repeatedly. Like, I don't find myself going, man, I really want to watch The Wicker Man right now. Like, you watch it every 10 years or more. And it was, or less. And Yeah. It, yeah, it was, I can see uh, why it was so, you know, important. It does have this really cool kind of a twist to it. Just like, uh, you know, Sleepaway Camp. It's this horrible movie, but because of that twist, it's foundational and legendary. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Is this a better movie than Sleepaway Camp? Yes. Do I want to rewatch Sleepaway Camp more often than this movie? Yes. Yeah, but that's because there's <laughs> Sleepaway you're not Camp's a fan of musicals. Movie, I mean, it's not even the musical aspect. This movie's just not as it's not fun. Yeah, there's a lot of tension and dread and snootiness, very snooty and behavior. Like, I do like kind of what this movie is talking about. You know, the idea of and normally we see this in in reverse. It's the idea of like. What people will do when they're whipped up with religion. Yeah. Right? Like, the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. Let's just look at the very beginning and the very end. The very beginning is, like, him at church. Leading, you know, communion. Eat the blood of Christ. Eat the the flesh of Jesus and drink the blood of Christ and all this stuff. These, like, when you stop and think about that is crazy. (laughs) Right? The way he's Mm -hmm. lived his life. Being, you know, in his 30s. And a virgin because it's only supposed to be for his wife, that kind of thing. Yeah, very uptight, very restrained. He very much is the England, like the traditional England, like the modern England, especially the England that was to come in the following decade of the 80s, mm-hmm. right? Like, like the establishment England. Yeah. And then he goes to this place. <laughs> He's definitely the man. Yeah, he goes to this place and everything he believes in is flipped on its head. Right, like the church yeah. is no longer a church. They bury like they bury people and then plant trees on them because they're like you just turn into trees and like animals and you go back into the sky. And their religion is very much based on like the old world and going back even further than Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like we worship the sun who brings like our crops to yield, and we're going to kill. F- to please the sun gods <laughs> we're gonna smash these like barrels of ale to the let the ocean, ocean get drunk yeah. so it will provide us with like a harvest bounty and he's like that's fucking crazy but christopher lee draws parallels yeah to the craziness of what he's commenting on with like his own religion mm-hmm. like at one point he's notices the girls jumping over the fire naked and points out, hey, um, so that's crazy. They want to be impregnated by a god, huh? And Christopher Lee's like, well, isn't that isn't how that Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I believe Mary was a virgin birth, right? Isn't that the same thing? He didn't like that too much. And I think it's very also very telling that Lord Summerall's grandfather invented all this, right? Just to get people to work, and then everyone kind of bought into it, including like the Summerall family. Yeah. It, right? They believe that that's what makes their crops grow or not grow. And I can honestly see a line between something like this and then even like politics in America today. 
Because, like, I have uncles who are very Republican, and they'll tell you, I don't believe in anything the Republican Party stands for. I just don't want to pay more taxes. I want to keep my money. Yeah. And then they have had children and grandchildren who are, like, hyper-Republicans who believe all of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's that thing of what you believe for expediency's sake, like, just to get ahead in life. Yeah. And then you raise your kids in it. Your kids become converts. Hyper, right. And they're like, this is the greatest thing ever. And I like the fact that this movie really points out that both sides are wrong. Like, yes. They're both God doesn't show silly. up at the end of the movie and save him. Yeah. And also, like, they do kill him. <laughs> like, they do commit murder. And probably not going to have any uh, impact on the crops the following year. Like... It's all for naught. Like, this whole thing is like a religious sham. Um, yeah. Isn't it all? <laughs> so I think that that's the part of this movie I find interesting. Um, Fair. What, um, this isn't a movie that we could do kind of an Arkov thing. There's no real action. Um, I mean, at the very end. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but even then, it, you know, it's kind of a weird fall down run. It definitely would fail the action part. Um, revolutionary. Yes. Okay. Lots of, there is killing. You don't, it's alluded to. I mean, they, you know, they burn it, a nothing's man really shown. The so there's really only one death we see on camera. Right. On screen. And then, uh, where am I? Oratory. Anything Christopher Lee. <laughs> there's some insane songs. And then we've got. What was your favorite song, by the way? <laughs> like, mine is definitely the Maypole song. Like, Every it's time I hear silly. that song, I, it gets stuck in my head for like 20 or 30 minutes. Very silly. And like, I like the fact that the boys are out there dancing. And then they did the nice little thing of, they're like, the maypole stands for the penis. And then all of the streamers are attached to the boys' like waist. Mm-hmm. And then they're like dancing around and the girls are inside just banging on their desks. And they're like, it represents the penis. <laughs> Which makes him so wildly uncomfortable. Like, he's so uncomfortable that like little kids are talking about like penises and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. It, this is a movie, and then of course fornication and fantasy. There's a lot of both of those. Um, so I guess it does Arkov. I, I eat my words. This movie is a lot of fornication. Yeah, like there's a sh- there's a shot where he leaves the green man in and walks outside into the field, and everyone's just fucking mm-hmm. and like slow motion. Uh, yeah, as you do, and there's like a girl peeing or masturbating naked. I don't know on somebody's grave. It was all a lot. It's a lot. Hilarious. Um, so we were talking a little bit when the movie started. How it's interesting that Anthony Schaffer gets the credit at the top of the film. It's mm-hmm. Anthony Schaffer's Wicker Man, right? It's the writer, not the director, right? Um, and apparently, he wanted the film to be quote, a little more literate than the average horror movie. Okay. And he specifically wanted a movie with a minimum of violence and gore. He succeeded. Okay. <laughs> uh, he was tired of seeing horror movies that relied almost entirely on just blood and guts to be scary. And the focus of this movie was crystallized when he thought, hey, hey. Um, what about if we made a movie about sacrifice? What if we did? So. And this is it. This is what we have been given. And then there's so much weird shit in this movie. Like <laughs> the, the egg scene, like where she's in the, She's holding the egg and nursing the baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. I found out what that means. 
according to the director. All right, what do you got? So, according to the director, the meaning of the scene with the woman with an egg in her hand while nursing a baby sitting in the graveyard um, was meant to be a fertility ritual, and she was hoping for another baby. Okay. Hence the egg. Hence why we have Easter. Like, she was sitting in the graveyard hoping that that a recently departed spirit would enter her, thus making her pregnant. Oh, all right. And That's then not how could, that works, but okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, religion. Religion makes people... Do strange things. Dumb and scary, right? Dumb and scary. Yeah, they do different... They do strange it's the things, the old saying, yes. like, the smartest thing that's ever been on the planet Earth is a human being, and the dumbest thing is a group of human beings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, when this movie came out, Rod Stewart tried to kill it. Why? Because he was dating Britt Eklund and found out she was naked in the movie. A was like, lot. Um, no. A lot. And tried to like buy the film, tried to have it like banned. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. Whatever. Grow um, up. I will say the ending of the movie mm-hmm. is doubly interesting once you know this. Apparently, they were, as they were shooting, mm-hmm. the crew was building the Wicker Man. Because okay. they were like, we, it's going to take time. So they kept asking Edward Woodward if he wanted to see it as they were building it. And he's like, nope. He wanted to be surprised. So the day he hadn't seen it until they filmed him seeing it. So it's half of him is like a genuine shock and surprise. It is pretty creepy. Of him being like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) Like that thing is huge. It's huge. It has weird finger, fingernail looking things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and apparently, because studio execs are the same no matter what country we're talking about. Needed more naked ladies. They pushed for the ending to be changed. They wanted a massive rainstorm to start and then it, to save Edward Woodward at the end. And oh. then they were like, so he's saved by Jesus. That's dumb. And Robert Hardy's like, no. That's not the point of the movie. No. <laughs> Christian nation. <laughs> like... He talked like that the whole time. They they really, really wanted that to happen. Yeah. So did you like this movie? Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. It was an easy watch. Is it scary? No. It's not scary. Not at all. It's not even like, even the tension is low compared to today's standards. It's all offset by that ridiculous singing. Right. Ridiculous. Corn rigs and barley and... (laughs) Just that over and over again. I think, honestly, when you rewatch this movie, you latch onto other parts that you enjoy more. Um, I absolutely love Christopher Lee and that fucking that wig. wig. <laughs> that share wig. Dancing. Yeah. And yeah. being like, huh, 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 <laughs> huh, huh, huh. With like the scythe. Yeah. Like the two scythes or whatever they are. And he's just like dancing. And he does. He's wearing a long... Directing everyone. He's like, (laughs) you go there. It's better. Like, (laughs) yeah, I I do a terrible Christopher Lee impression, but it's magical. Christopher Lee. This was like his favorite movie he did. (laughs) You were saying at the front of the movie, at the front half, how he really believed in it and kind of paid for his own publicity for it. Yeah. That's interesting. He did a lot of movies that were far more successful than this. This movie was not very successful at all. I think it barely broke even. Oh, wow. Um, Wow. And then it just went on to be this thing that was like a cult film Mm -hmm. that just kept, people kept being like, have you ever seen the fucking Wicker Man? 
And they Rocky Horror to the point where like the studio even destroyed the original negative (laughs) because they're like, nobody wants this. Fortunately, they were able to find like a backup. It was a whole thing. Like the studio was like, we're kind of fucking done with this movie. Nope. But the world was not. Yeah. All right. Why? Oh, um, would you watch this with your children? Um, probably not just because of all the nudity. It would make it kind of, yeah, you know, a little embarrassing. I think I have tried to get your oldest to watch this because his favorite movie is Midsummer. Yeah. And he, and there's definitely, you could draw a direct line between the two films. Spoiler alert. I mean, there's not a wicker man in in Midsummer. Right. But, but there's very much like this, like folk horror aspect to it. Um, and that's kind of what he loves. But he has not uh, watched it with you yet. No. And, I, and the thing is, like, this movie does in an hour and a half what it takes two and a half hours almost for Midsummer to do. Ah, uh, gotcha. Midsummer is like an hour fucking longer than this movie. <laughs> what are we watching next week to uh, go with uh, this movie? To go with our horror mystery type Theme. To what go do you with got? like investigative horror. Oh, um, yeah, that was yeah. It. We're gonna do prisoners from 2013. Mm. 2013. How long are we talking? It's the longest movie of the month. Okay, and what is that? It's two and a half hours long. Mm. We're gonna have to schedule that. It's gonna. It, it's gonna. That's gonna yeah. have to be scheduled. Oh, of course. It's like a Saturday afternoon movie. That's a long time. Yeah. Okay. But we're ending on a short one. We have three short ones and a long one. (laughs) Quick, quick, slow. Got it. All right. Well, until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay.